Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Uh, I'm Tanner. And I'm Bat. And you're listening to... You should listen you to should this. You should listen to this. Oh no. So we've we've got Tanner. That's me. And there's Bat, which is me. That's you. That's me. <laughs> um and we are best friends and exes talking about Frank Ocean's Blonde, at least in the first episode. So the way that this... this yes, pod- ma'am. Yeah. So the way that this podcast started was we both have albums that we want each other to listen to. And in order to motivate each other to actually listen to these albums, we've got to... We've got to put a podcast in place in order to get us to do it. If we if we give ourselves a reason, a reason, to listen a to deadline, these albums. because it's not enough to tell your best friend, "Hey, this is really good. You should listen to this." So that's why we created this podcast. Um, and you always wanted me to listen to Frank Ocean's Blonde because you're a big Frank Ocean head, and this is your breakup album for to you. It's the breakup album. What better album to start with than this album? And and of course, because it is just, it's one of your favorite albums, blank, period, I'm sure. Yeah, not even just breakup, just full stop. Right. Going forward, or that's, that's the album that we have started with, but going forward, I'm going to introduce, well, we'll introduce the albums to each other. Um, it won't be live, but it'll be live to us on the podcast Bat, I wanna, I wanna set the scene for you, for a little bit, okay? Now, Frank Ocean, he has been missing for four years. No one knows where he's been or what he's been up to since he dropped Channel Orange in 2012, right? We're going back to 2016. I forgot to mention that. Act like you're in 2016. Okay. Um, he won his first Grammy in the brand new category called Urban Contemporary, which they recently changed the title of that category. Um, And he won for Channel Orange. And he was collaborating with Jay-Z and Kanye West. Kanye, he's been collaborating (laughs) with Jay-Z and Kanye West. And uh, he was already writing songs for people like Beyonce for years. Um, and his trajectory after he won that Grammy was, uh, it was, he was headed for superstardom, right? It was, there was nothing, nothing else but up. By the time 2016 came around, there had not been a lot heard from him or seen from him in those four years. Um, there was some rumors here and there and some little tiny features. I, I was so desperate for Frank Ocean Um, content back in the day that I went to see this movie in 2015 called Southpaw. Have you seen this one with Jake Gyllenhaal and Rachel McAdams? I think I've seen it. Not a very memorable movie. (laughs) I think think Pitchfork posted that uh, Frank Ocean's song was going to be in that movie. So, of course, I went to go see it in theaters, and the song was there. It played. It was like the first new Frank Ocean song that I had heard in a long time. Um, but it turns out that was just an unreleased track of his that he uploaded to his Tumblr 
a long time ago. What song was that? I don't remember the name of it now. I think it was Wise Man, something okay. like that. Um, anyway, okay. the point is, right, everyone was itching for some Frank Ocean. And then he started promoting something, but no one was exactly sure what he was promoting based on this live stream this slow moving and sometimes and, and sometimes completely idle live stream that was exclusively on apple music just black and white seemed like some sort of warehouse okay eventually the live stream culminated in a visual album that we now know as endless yeah well you know it i'm i'm well i don't know it you've heard of endless right I, yeah, from you. <laughs> well, before, okay, before we, before I was trying to make you listen to to Blonde and Frank Ocean in general, had you heard of Endless? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I mean, he never released it as an album, just as the that visual album. But, you know, in this visual album, there was um, a lot of synth. And uh, there was a, a, a big focus on, like, samples and dissonant sounds. And um, the whole thing almost felt like one cohesive, consistent song. But when you look at the, um, the track listing for Endless, it's almost like little tiny sporadic songs here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Almost like a collage of music. And, you know, people weren't really vibing with that. Um, that's not what they were expecting from Frank Ocean at that time right the guy that made channel orange made this weird experimental electronic album people weren't expecting it and so that was it frank ocean released his new album right mm-hmm. so the next day he released a music video but for a song that wasn't on endless it was a song called nikes and this music video was seemingly from a completely different album that we originally suspected to be called Boys Don't Cry. But soon after Nike's was released, the whole second album in 12 hours or something, Blonde, came out. Now, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting Blonde to release after Endless or anything to come after Endless. I had I had fallen off the um, the Frank tracking bandwagon because I thought I thought it was over. Um, but like he was done with music. Well, I thought he was, I thought Endless was his album. We heard from Frank. That's the music he's releasing. You thought Endless was the end? I thought Endless was the end, yeah. Okay. But, you know. But it wasn't. Okay. But I heard about Blonde, that it came out as I was leaving an office depot. And um, I first attempted to listen to Blonde in my old Camry with a car full of people. I quickly became obsessed with it. It was unlike anything I had ever heard at that point. And, um, you know, most people felt a similar way. The sentiments online were reflecting that. Um, You know, people were calling this album deeply experimental and uh, a risk for Frank Ocean. Really? Well, people heard pitched up vocals and distorted instruments and memeable interludes and uh, didn't know what to think of the album. Something that becomes increasingly evident with Frank is that he doesn't really care about what people think of him or his music. And um, you could tell that Blonde was his most personal music that he had ever released. And you could feel the emotion in every single track. 
I mean, despite calling this album a risky venture, many people in the hip-hop world soon tried to emulate what Frank did on this album. The first example of this that I can think of that pops up in my mind is um, Testing by ASAP Rocky. Have you heard? Probably not. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the blonde influence on that album was like so insanely clear that it it literally just felt like like there was there was no hiding that it was inspired by blonde. Frank Ocean actually appeared on that album and I think he ended up doing some production for it maybe. Either way, uh people wanted to emulate what he was doing and just make music that means something and sounds different. And, you know, that happened to varying degrees of success. But this album is one of, if not the greatest breakup album of all time. This is an album that I have told you about for years. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. We're going to go through this album track by track from two different perspectives. Me, someone who has been a huge Frank Ocean stan, if you will, for years. And you someone who has always been aware of Frank Ocean and knows some songs, but has never like sat down and uh, listened to his music extensively. Right. I know the singles. I know the hits. Yeah. But um, man, you've definitely listened to Frank Ocean now, you know? Yeah. You, uh, you dove right into Blonde and you listened to it multiple times? Yes. I tried to listen to it as many times as possible in order to prepare for the podcast. Um, I really want, I really want this to be a full dive into the album. I listen to the album to get to know it in a way that you know it. Was that your goal? Was that your goal to, to be as, you know, know the album on an intimate level like that that is my goal for all of the albums going forward that you have to that you you provide for me and that's my goal for you for the albums that i provide for you um because the point is to know the album not just to listen to it but to sit with it have it really penetrate deep into the soul did you mean to say penetrate was that something that you meant to say Yes. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> you even took some notes, I believe. Yeah. And wrote course. some things down. So, this is the inaugural episode of You Should Listen to This. It is. Um, so, I got to ask you a- an opening question. Um, how have you avoided blonde and even Frank Ocean in general um, for so long? That's a funny question. Why is that funny? Well, I ran into Frank at a party once and he dissed me. And so I vowed never to listen to his music. What? What? Is this a Chris Brown joke? What do you mean? Did you take his parking spot? Is that a thing? Yeah, you know the Chris Brown and Frank Ocean beef? No, I think everyone should have beef with Chris Brown, though. Oh, man. Well, we can't get into that beef on... uh, on the podcast on this podcast well i have not avoided frank on purpose of course i have listened to the hits you know i like chanel a lot i know slide and i know you know 
a potato flew around my room. I know the greatest hits. Those are the main ones. So going into it, you know, I knew enough of Frank to know that I like him and I respect him, but I'm not sure that his sound is something that is really for me. But of course, I'm going, I've gone into the album, I went into the album fully open-minded, ready to listen. Um, I already knew one of the songs, or I had already heard one of the songs a few times because you've played it. Um, But other than that, um, I really went into it not exactly knowing what to expect. Okay. Well, let's go track by track then. Let's um let's start with the one that that you know I said earlier Frank Ocean released a music video for. I think it's the only music video that was released for this album. Really? Which uh you know, I didn't I didn't realize at first until I started looking into it, but I don't remember any other music video. What a way to open an album. You know, like I said, this goes back to what people were expecting of Frank. People loved his voice. And uh, he opened his newest album with his pitched up vocals and talking about these bitches want Nikes. They looking for a check. No one knew what he was talking about. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I started to listen to this and that's the thing with um, Frank Ocean and Phoebe Bridgers. And they're like similar in that their lyrics seem to just kind of go somewhere and I don't know what's happening. Um, and you say that they're great storytellers with their lyricism, but I I never know. I never know what is happening. I can't follow the, the, the plot. Okay. You know, it's interesting because, I mean, yeah, Frank Ocean and Phoebe Bridgers are both fantastic storytellers uh, in the world of music, but uh-huh. I think their lyrics differ in quite a few ways. Uh, I feel like Frank Ocean is a lot more poetic you know plays a lot more with imagery phoebe bridgers i feel like is much more candid and uh, to the point with her storytelling you know what i mean okay sure i'm just saying that they're both similar in the way that they're not my favorite and i don't understand this this quote-unquote storytelling okay well i would say think of this first track as kind of like um the opening credits for a movie right yeah it does it does feel like that the the intro is very cinematic emotional synth well especially as you know his real voice comes in when he says we'll let you guys prophesy right and that's the first time we hear his actual voice and it's like this swelling it's like it sounds like an angelic moment where his voice finally comes into this song. And that almost feels like the starting point of the album. Okay, so there's like a prologue. A prologue or like a vibe check. There's, I, I, I found that a lot of albums have vibe checks and I think this album has a few vibe checks. I like that, that idea. In this track, did... And, did anything stand out to you? What What are your thoughts? What are your notes? What are you? What are some quotes that you're picking up on? Some musical moments that you like? Right. So I enjoyed the production of this song. Going back to it now, like I said, the intro does feel cinematic. It feels good. It feels like an opening, an introduction, and I like that. 
Um, I wrote down, you know, I didn't know what the meaning was of the chipmunked vocals. I was wondering, what does this mean? What is this trying to say? And I noted that there was the, the switch to his more natural, raw vocals. Um, and I liked that. As soon as we get to his actual voice, we, we start getting a lot of themes that come up later in the album. This is where we start to get to introduce to um, a lot of things like the future. He says, we're going to see the future first. Um, oh, one of my favorite moments is uh, um, we breathe in pheromones, amber rose, sipping pink gold lemonades. Oh, why is that? I like the the previous line of my balls I mean, sticking my balls to my, stick into my, <laughs> my jeans. jeans. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a that's a great one too. But I feel like Amber Rose doesn't get enough name drops. I feel like um, we gotta um, put more respect on her name. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting that he says we only human, and it's humid in these ball mains. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well. It's just interesting that he says Balmain's when I'm sure he knows it's Balma. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that. Um, yeah. It's humid and that's why his balls are sticking to his jeans. It's it's sweaty in there and his Balmain's and his Balmall. Maybe it is Balmain. Well, either way, at the end, we get to the bridge he says, I may be younger, but I'll look after you. We're not in love, but I'll make love to you. When you're not here, I'll save some for you. I'm not him, but I'll mean something to you. Right. Oh, my God. I definitely I, wrote those. I wrote that down. I may be younger, but I'll look after you. We're not in love, but I'll make love to you. I'm not him, but I'll mean something to you. There's a lot of, like hard-hitting lyrics on this album but like man you start the heartbreak on the first track it's uh it's intense it tells you that the whole album's gonna be intense right just for me the the weird thing or i guess not weird but the thing that i don't understand is there is all this um i suppose imagery see when i listen to frank i don't get the imagery when i i listen you know certain words stick out but and certain lines like these stick out, but the rest of it, it doesn't seem to connect for me. Um, maybe, like, once I dig deeper, I read the lyrics, some some pieces of the puzzle start to come together. But other than that, I'm looking at the songs like, what what does this mean? What is he saying? Um, a lot of it doesn't immediately connect or stick out to me. So I just, you know, I see this, these lines that have so much emotion and they just kind of come out of nowhere for me. I don't really understand like where it's coming from. Is it just like, is he at a party? You know, where is he? Like he's talking about something, a setting all of a sudden, and then there's this emotion. But before that, the, the words seem to have no setting. There's not a scene. There's not a scene, and then all of a sudden there's a scene. So what? what's up with that? So I wouldn't say that there is... This isn't an album where there is, like, one linear story. 
you can argue for Channel Orange or Nostalgia Ultra, that might be there. But I think with um, Blonde, you know, he jumps around a lot in timelines, in characters. But it's, it seems to be that he's always singing about the same person. No matter what? In, yeah, in, in, in every song on, on Blonde, it seems to be about the same person. I could be wrong with my, you know... Uh, seven year experience with this album like that's how I feel it's all about the same guy you know we 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 start to get those really really intense love feelings in Ivy track two a more acoustic track a more sweet summery more boring you know all right I'll let you talk I'll let you say (laughs) I I think it's a sweet track, but I think it's definitely a 2016 track. I think it lives in the year 2016 much better than now. I I noted that it's a pretty straightforward stream of consciousness type song is how I interpreted it. And these are my initial notes too, just so you know. Um, I do like the the line the start of nothing that sounds like something that i've written sounds like something i would write so i i really appreciate that it yeah this is like a summary kind of track it feels like warm even though there's so much pain well yeah you know he he says you know he's saying the feeling deep down is good still like he's saying i love you and um you know, he says, we didn't give a fuck back then. I ain't a kid no more. Even if these two people have grown out of each other's lives, it's like, right? He's he's reminiscing. He's right. talking about good times. He's not he's not bitter about it. He's um, remembering how great the times were. And that just happens to be heartbreaking. Yeah, when I'm listening to it now, I feel I feel it. It like hits more and i think that's the thing with frank's songs is that when i first hear it i'm caught up on the songs sonically and then as i listen to them more things stick out to me the emotion catches me more um but i think it's really easy to listen and have everything be glossed over like i listen and i just kind of hear the whole song as a whole and not really the details of it so that's why i tried to to listen to this album as many times as i could stomach listening to it um stomach you make it sound like it's torture in a way it is i mean when you're going through jeez oh, when you're going through a breakup and you're brokenhearted and oh. you're listening to a breakup album i mean that's definitely a form of torture i think um I see. I thought you meant because you didn't like the music. it's Frank Ocean. Ah, ah, horrible. No. Um, I do like the music. I do think that overall this album, production-wise, um, does sound a little bit dated as I'm listening to it in the year 2023. But definitely not permanently dated, just as of now. But You know, I think that's why, um, you know, a, a lot of... An album's power, I think, comes from the time that it's released. Yes, I completely agree. You know, for when this album came out and the type of music that was coming out at this time, there was nothing like this. Right. This was so ahead 
of anything else out there. Yeah. The honesty and vulnerability in the lyrics weren't seen. You know, that wasn't seen from artists like Frank Ocean. It reminds me of Lord in a way, which is like a similar time period. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, on uh, Ivy, the sweet little guitar tune? Oh, this sweet little song that punches you in the gut. Well, and, and I think it punches Frank in the gut, too, because yeah. at the end of the song, you hear, you know. Yes, that's something that I this love. This guitar getting smashed up. Yeah, that's something that I love about this track. I noted that down, that I like the end and the tension of the song. It, You know, it, I said that. It feels like the rest of the song, he's holding back. And then at the end, it comes out in a small but poignant burst. Small but poignant. Yes. Okay. That's what I wrote. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's a feel- positive review. And that's my initial thoughts. I said other than that, it's not much for me. Which in a way is still true. Um, I think it lives within Blonde well. But as like a standalone track... I don't know. I feel like the album works so well, the songs together. Um, but it, it's hard for me to like just think of this song like "Oh Ivy" by Frank Ocean. That's a great standalone track. I think of it more as like it fits into the the whole story of the album. If that makes That's sense. That's very interesting. I think I I think um, you know it's one of the more standalone tracks of the album. Personally, I think like it feels a lot more normal in its structure the story in the song feels like it's beginning middle end easy to follow throughout you know it feels like a song that you know could be played on a very sad radio station yeah and you're driving along and the sun is setting and you're sad and you get into a small but poignant car crash Do you have anything else to say about our favorite track, Ivy? No, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, teed off right now. Oh wow, why is that? About your opinions on this album, you haven't told me your opinions yet, and now I'm hearing them for the first time, and uh, I might explode. Um, <laughs> Just make sure it's small and poignant. But um, let's get into um, pink, pink and, and white. white, which is actually Frank Ocean's most streamed solo song oh really well the first thing i wrote is this one is a classic that was my first note do you know this one then um like did you know this one before before you had played it or before i had listened to it in the album before i had played it no definitely not before you had played it so i have heard it in passing um and then i think i just said this is a classic because just that piano line is so uh, recognizable and i know that i've heard it in other places not just from you so i have heard it in passing i had never sat down and listened to it though and i hadn't listened to it all the way through but immediately i recognized that it's just such a classic from that intro from the way that his uh, vocals cut in and um yeah on the first listen i didn't get much from the lyrics um and i Again, with his lyrics, I'm just like, what is happening? What are you saying, Frank? I don't understand. Produced by Pharrell. Backing vocals by Beyonce, right? It's produced by Pharrell. The intro, there's no four count. 
If you if you listen, no way. There is a four account. It's hidden. It's hidden. In I I feel like okay. I'm gonna say something about this track. This has never been one of my favorites. (gasps) Really? This album. I'm not saying it's a bad track. Every single track on this album is amazing. But (laughs) of course. And this and this and this track almost has a billion streams. Billion with a B on Spotify. It's it's insane how popular this song is like this is the song that has lived on beyond the album right it says 850 million streams on spotify yeah almost a billion that's 150 million away oh okay i misheard (laughs) i agree with you i think some of the lyrics um frank is very poetic on this song you know after ivy which felt very flowery and flowy this one feels like the same thing. This one feels like, um, y- you know, you can almost see the pink and white sky. I think of the um, the Turnstile album cover. Right. That is just pink Blow and on. white sky. Uh-huh. Yeah. I never really understood what he was saying. <laughs> From a huge song. Frank Ocean stan, we have, I don't know what the hell he's saying. Well, there's a lot of times when his his imagery becomes so esoteric right it's uh it's a chore to analyze right um but there are some moments in this song that provide some clarity it's kind of like a a secret language i feel like like if you were the person that is was close to him or has been close to him you would it would stand out to you um but for all of us it's just kind of we we feel the emotion we feel it but we don't get the details well, and I think that's that's the important thing is, you know, if if you can feel the emotion without understanding the whole track, I think that's pretty huge. Of course. We do get something here that, again, talks about, you know, he's reminiscing again, talking about being a kid with this person, what their life was like back when things were simple. And uh, he talks about what it was like after Hurricane Katrina. He says, in the wake of a hurricane, dark skin of a summer shade, nosedive into floodlines, tall tower of milk crates, uh-huh. cannonball off the porch side. Like, he's telling this story, and he talks about Hurricane Katrina later in this album, too. Oh. Um, he talks about Hurricane Katrina a lot, because, you know, he lived in New Orleans during that time. Oh, I didn't realize and, that. Um, yeah, so we get a lot of these um, vignettes of Frank's life as a child, supposedly with this love interest. Now, I don't know if the love interest was literally there or if he's comparing his um, his experiences as a child right. to what new love felt like. But what do you, what do you think we're getting? You're, you're still not getting anything in terms of story on this thing? Well, you're you're providing me with, with some clarity into the track, some insight into the track. You know, I really appreciate the, I like the, the imagery. You know, initially, I didn't get much from the, the lyrics on the first listen, but I really like knowing the backstory of the track, and that's, that's what you're here to provide, so thank you. <laughs> well, and I want to make sure that you know, and any of the millions of people that might be listening to this, Neither of us know everything. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. You know, we don't know everything about any of the albums we're going to talk about. That would be impossible to know everything. Even if we did know everything, it's going to be impossible to touch on everything. And right. there's a lot that I wish I could talk about. 
but um, we're not doing a podcast series about Frank Ocean. We are doing a <laughs> podcast episode. Yeah, you'll have to fit in everything that you want to say about Frank Ocean into this one episode of the pod. I want to get right into the first interlude on this album, Be Yourself. Running Around by Buddy Ross in the background, which plays on all the interludes. And um, we hear uh, a woman talking about, you know, um, what marijuana does to you. Yes, I I really love the instrumental on this track. Um, of course, it's it's a recurring little instrumental. It reminds me of uh, like Palo Alto, like Dev Hines. So it has like a cinematic type of feeling. It's very nostalgia in a in a instrumental. Uh, that's what I wrote. That's what I feel as I'm listening to it, but that's also what I wrote down. I totally didn't even realize that I wrote that down. I said, lovely instrumental that feels so nostalgic like Dev Hines. Yeah, no, it feels like it feels like a melon, melancholy. Bittersweet. Lonely, bittersweet, yeah. nostalgic. It is. Instrumental. I mean, Frank Ocean plays with nostalgia a lot on this album and on all of his music. He's always talking about nostalgia. I mean, he has an, uh, a mixtape called Nostalgia Ultra. Nostalgia always comes up in his music. You know, we get more of that feeling of nostalgia from like a, a, a voicemail of a mom or an aunt or, or a grandma, you know, right. uh, telling you to uh, not be a bad kid. Right. I love the, I said, I love the loving message. It's funny and it's familiar. I I really like this uh, little interlude, um, but I was wondering the story behind it. I was wondering, who is this? Is this real? Is this acted out as an interlude, like a little skit? So what is the story behind Be Yourself? Um, so a lot of people thought it was Frank Ocean's mom. Obviously, I mean, she says at the end, this is mom, call me, bye. <laughs> but I believe she was the mom of one of Frank Ocean's childhood friends. And oh, um, I don't sweet. think this was acted. I think this was just uh, a genuine voicemail, hmm. which is uh, <laughs> this 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 interlude was memed a lot when it. When really it it's so sweet it's so endearing i really love it if i had if i had a voicemail like this from my mom or or someone like that i i would really cherish it i think it's so sweet on on um uh i don't know what number of listens i noted that it sounds like me talking about drugs <laughs> yeah a lot of kids have gone to college what did she say don't go to college kids she said she doesn't say don't go to college. She says don't go to college. No, she does not. Okay, so solo produced by James Blake. He is just saying things in this in so this, this song. This, what is he this, going on about? This is another one where, you know, he kind of gets lost in the imagery in lost the, in the um, sauce. He gets lost in the sauce. We're getting very like nothing's literal in this track, I feel like. It's a lot of um, almost like braggadocio type of stuff, right? He's basically rapping at the beginning of this. And it doesn't sound like he's saying much. And it took me a while to figure out if he was saying um, anything. You know, after a while, you notice that in the second verse, we 
get a really, really good uh, story of um, a, uh, a pro-choice story, story about abortion. Really? And I don't, I don't know if, if it's directly if he was the baby daddy or what. Um, he says, and that mean cheap because ain't shit free and I know it. Even love ain't because this nut cost that clinic killed my soul. But you got to hit the pussy raw, though. Now your baby mama ain't so vicious. All she want is her picket fence. And you protest and you picket sign. But them courts won't side with you. So, okay, he's talking about someone else. Now that I'm reading it over, he's basically talking to someone about his baby mama going to get an abortion. Right. There's protesters there. Picket signs. This person's baby mama is going through all this. And this guy is just like, but you got to hit the pussy raw. You know, like... Who cares that she's got to go through this um, emotional, intensely traumatic situation in her life, you know? Yeah. As long as it as long as long it feels good, you know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't have much to say for this track as a whole. Initially, I said I like the instrumental. I think it's like a, an organ. It sounds like an organ uh, through the track. The way he sings the chorus is beautiful. His vocals are... Yeah, I like the... It's hell on earth and the city's open. I don't know if the lyrics are right on this um, Spotify, because I thought it's in hell that's heaven, but maybe it's not that. Anyways, I really like that chorus melody, and I like the strength of his voice in, in that chorus. And I think it's really strong. And I do like the rest of it. It's just not something that I would like find myself listening to or wanting to listen to. Um, that's why I'm, I think I'm more of like a Frank Ocean appreciator, you know, than like a true fan. I guess I am a fan, but, you know, it's just I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, this is really good. But I don't know what the occasion is that I would be listening to it all the time. <laughs> Every night. I'll stream it while I sleep. Well, Solo used to be the song that I would have on repeat. Really? Pretty often. Um, just because of that chorus. Yeah. I thought that chorus was amazing. Yeah. It definitely is. It catches you. And it's just like sharp inhale. Like, wow. And then it transitions into Skyline 2. Which, right. I have to say, is in my opinion another vibe check for the album. Okay. This album is fully a vibe check. It's kind of Frank just kind of talking. I feel like it works as a perfect transition from solo into self-control, right. which is the song that's up next. Yeah. It, it kind of prepares you for that transition. <laughs> it's another thing. Like, what is he? He talks about hitting a deer with his car. Uh, he, he talks about, you know, things that come up in every song on this album. Summer, pools nighttime classic blonde by frank ocean things but yeah he uh he's kind of just going off and people originally thought for this track that kendrick lamar was on it that he was the guy that was going smoke uh-huh Haze. but um that was confirmed to not be kendrick lamar who is it i think it's just frank it sounds like frank it doesn't sound like Kendrick. Listen, people, before we got official credits and liner notes for this album, people were like... I'm sure they were going crazy with the theories. You hear this little tiny audio snippet? That's Young Lean. Yeah. 
Um, this song also uh, has has uh, production from Tyler, the creator, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think you can hear Who's a that? little bit of that. Who is that? Very funny. Wait. You are hilarious. I'm having like, okay, I'm having like a really strange moment right now because when you said that, I was thinking like, wait, who is that? That sounds familiar. It sounds like Tyler, the creator. But when when you said that, I was like, I have to look that up because I don't know who that is. In my mind, like he has a different name, but I don't know what the name is. But when you said it, it sounded wrong. Um, So I'm just having a weird moment right now. (laughs) It's just Tyler, the creator. That's all it is. Yeah, I have my own... um, Mandela effect just now. I don't know if that counts as a Mandela effect. I you think know that's what I just, mean? Um... No, no, I know it's oh, not a real sorry. Mandela effect. You know what I mean? Anyways, anyways. Um, anyways, what, what did you the... think of Skyline too? <laughs> I love the the little alien noises in the background towards the the back half of this track. I I wrote I wrote down. I don't think I really connect with Frank's lyrics. Maybe they just go over my head. I think the instrumental on this is beautiful and I feel the emotion, but I'm not sure what the emotion is. It does feel like a shift in the album. And then going forward, of course, we have that shift. Yeah, it becomes it becomes pretty clear. For the most part, the theming becomes more obvious as we move on. Right. I feel like. I like it. Okay. Okay, good. I like the track. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad um I'm glad you like it. You know, speaking of Young Lean, let's talk about self-control. Is Young Lean on self-control? Oh, you know it. I did not know that. He's 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 my guy. I'll be the boyfriend. Okay, self-control um is no probably little virgin wears the white. Yeah. That's beautiful. You cut your hair, but you used to live a blonded life. I appreciate that so much more now when I listen to it. Like, I think it hits for me more now. This is um, a top three song of all time for me. Really? Like, no joke. You you know that I like, at the very least, the back half of this track. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you have to talk about this track in its like separate parts in a way because it almost to me it feels like a little ep in one track if that makes sense just because of the way that it's like segmented on my first listen which of course was not my first my very first listen um but on my first intentional listen i said i definitely like this one i respect it i love the sentiment the last part of the song is of course my favorite the way it comes in is just chills. I initially wrote, I don't know what the lyrics mean, but I feel it. But I crossed that out um, when I listened to it more because I guess I felt like I I knew then. And then I wrote, key place for me, I'll sleep between y'all. Big ouch. Because ugh, it's so painful. I feel like I can't talk about the end of the track Yet, I need to talk about the rest of the track because there's more to be said and felt about, you know, the the second half or I guess the last third. I don't know exactly the correct fraction. Yeah. Um, you know, just talking about this, this track, just um, reading about this track, hearing this track too, obviously. It always, always brings emotion to me, you know? Yeah. It reminds 
reminds me a lot of you when I listen to it. It's 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 yeah. m- one of my favorite songs of all time and one of the most difficult songs to listen to. Yeah. I really like I want to know if it's hard now, I guess to talk about like the pitched up vocals because that's such a that's such a mainstay in music now, you know, pitching up or pitching down vocals, but the pitched up vocals when it comes in, you know, keep a place for me and the delivery of that I want to refer to them as small vocals because the way that they're not compressed, but they feel like they're compressed in a way like that delivery of that. It feels it feels kind of a little like juvenile in that it feels like a small person, you know, which I kind of I kind of like that. You know, it's like keep a place for me like I'm just I'm small. I'm just a I'm just a you know, you can keep me here. I'm just a small little guy. (laughs) It's okay, Like don't let go of me like a small plead and you're just like a little small guy that is such a non-eloquent way to say what i'm trying to say but do you know what i mean i get exactly what you mean i mean the parts that are keep a place for me i guess i guess that's a chorus the second time that comes up uh that's when young lean he's 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 singing um part of that chorus oh okay let me go so, to that it's a small little tiny I don't know if I hear that. No, it's very difficult to tell. I mean, it doesn't sound like Frank in the second. No, it's not Frank. I see. It's uh, is Austin Feinstein and Young Lean. But you still have the like the chipmunked kind of vocals of, of Frank. So it's them together. You have the very textural. Um, is it like a vocal, almost like a vocal guitar solo? Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. Oh, yeah, I really love that. I appreciate that so much, and I do love it. It it feels so heavy-hitting, yet it's so, like, delicate. It's not big. It's not over the top. It's just, it's just there, and you just feel it. The part that, that always gets me is... Um, Wish I was there, wish we'd grown up on the same advice, and our time was right. Ugh. Yeah. That feels like such a charged line. Like, racially charged. Like, this is, this is like, he, he's poor, and it feels like it's a classist issue. The person lives a blonded life. You know, they, they're privileged, and Frank is, is not. That's, that's like a, a recurring theme that I've picked up on listening to the album. I don't know if that's real or if that's just how I'm interpreting things. I can see that. No, I mean, I think anything's correct. Yeah, except the hordes of Frank Ocean fans that are going to be saying, no, that's not right. Like, it's actually like this. And this is the, um, you know, we, we, we start to get more of the... Uh, classic Frank Ocean-isms kind of thing, you know? Talking about how he loves this person, always will, and knows that they're moving upward and onward, is basically always saying, you know, like, I know you're gonna keep on going, right? You're gonna keep doing this, but please just, like, keep a place in your heart for me. Yeah. You know? I'll sleep between you, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's painful. Even if it's just a little space. Um, yeah, 
It gets me every single time. Yeah, that's how I feel about, like, relationships. Like, that's such a great imagery for relationships. You know, you, you go on to the next thing, and the idea of someone else being there while you're sleeping next to someone. It's like we all have that. We all take people with us, you know. I just think that's such a good imagery. It's such a good way to say that and there's so much that can that can be said like there's so much that goes into that line and i really really like it yeah well i might start uh uh tearing up soon so let's talk about (laughs) good guy all right i wrote nothing on the first listen and then after that upon my you know later comment i said daniel johnston vibes what did, and I wanted to know, what's the recording at the end? Oh, okay. So we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is giving me big Daniel Johnston vibes. That's so funny. <laughs> well, okay. So he, he's basically talking about, you know, him participating in meaningless hookups, right? You know, I, one of my favorites is, you text nothing like you look. That's one of my favorite lines on this entire album. It's uh, I think that says a whole lot. And it's really just, you know, this short little interlude that's like talking about a meaningless hookup and what it does. And then the recording at the end, we hear a few people talking. And then this guy says, and this is the part worth pointing out. So he says, uh, yeah, I ain't got bitches no more. But now I don't care about bitches like that. That shit. And then he gets cut off. Right. By the next guy that says, Jasmine fucking wrecked my heart. Right. And I feel like this guy, you know, he's talking about, you know, maybe questioning his sexuality, trying to tell his friends. Yeah. Like, I don't like girls like that. Oh, I don't even know how. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't even know how to even feel about bitches. Maybe is what he's saying. Yeah. And then his friend interrupts him and is like, Jasmine fucking wrecked my heart and just starts talking about something else while this guy was trying to open up right mm. um it's it's just a little you know something to think about there's there's a lot of um sexual confusion in a lot of frank ocean's music right the bi confusion just pick yes. one man just you just gotta yeah. pick one <laughs> <laughs> exactly after good guy we move into nights which is um Blonde came out. This was probably the song that everyone was playing. This was the song that everyone was uh, playing in their cars loudly. If you wanted to get a friend to like Frank Ocean, you showed them nights. I see. That was this song. And it, I think it still is. It's also the climax of the album. It's the track that splits the album directly in half. Mm. It is... There's there's a lot. This is a very, very dense track, and we won't get to all of it. But I want to know your thoughts. We're not going to get to all of the track? I mean, w- I mean, we won't get to all of the density of it. Oh. I literally wrote, like, two notes. I said, working class type beat. This one isn't my favorite sonically. What, anything else? Did you write anything else about it? I didn't write anything else. I like... Well, okay, tell me what's in your head, then. I like, um... Did you call me from a seance? Yeah. I have to listen to this again. I gotta play this track. I mean, it's already playing, okay. but... Oh, this is the one that's like... Huh? 
It's the, it's the, you know. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's the one that's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dropping before my night. Yeah. That, that's why I said working class type beat, you know. Fuck with me after my shift. What did you feel about the uh, beat change? Where's the beat change? Oh, my God. When this song came out, the beat change was like news. Everyone went crazy over the beat change on this song. Everyone was like, and and still for me, you know, like, no, the beat change, not the breakdown. Oh, I was trying to talk about what, you know, how what Kendrick does, how he like changes the song. It's called something, though. Oh, I just call it a beat change. Mm, no, it's something. Well, this beat change um dethroned the uh, drake song running through the six with my woes remember that song? really um that song had the best beat change in it that everyone lost their shit for they went crazy for that beat change this song came out and everyone went crazy for this beat change you know and that beat change is uh very significant to the album because as soon as that beat change ha- happens that the album is divided in half. That happens at the exact halfway point of the album. Oh. We all of a sudden get two different halves of an album, which this album plays a lot into, you know, dichotomy and like two forces and like duality and all this kind of stuff. So it makes sense for this album to um, exist in two halves. Right. That's fun. I like that. I think it's fun to do things like that, you know, <laughs> at the exact middle of the album, it changes. And that makes sense because it there is a shift that happens going into the, the second half of the record. Yeah, we get, um, he, he in, in the second part of Nights, we're getting more of the classic Frank Ocean reminiscing, talking about the good times. And, you know, he says, uh, 1998 my family family had that acura one of my one of my favorite lines is no white lighters till i fuck my 28th up yeah what is that about because the 27 club right you know this thing with white lighters in the 27 club i don't i don't really know about the white lighters thing i know about the 27 club the the uh conspiracy theory or i don't know what you call it People are like, oh, everyone in the 27 Club had a white lighter. They used Uh, a white lighter. Yeah. You know, so Frank Ocean is saying, I'm not having a white lighter until I turn 28. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. This is where he starts talking about Katrina again. He says, after Trina hit, I had to transfer campus. Your apartment out in Houston's where I waited. Staying with you when I didn't have an address. Fucking on you when I didn't own a mattress. Katrina hits, he doesn't know where to go, goes to Houston, Texas, and stays with this person that furthers this idea of this closeness that Frank had to this person. And working class type beat. Working class type beat. Any other thoughts on uh, the legendary song Nights? Mm, Every night fucks every day up. Every day patches the night up. Which I think is actually, I, I, I love that sentiment. I think that's a great, a great series of uh, words. <laughs> yeah, it's poetry. Right. Of course. 
Yeah, I like that. I think positively about the track. It does feel like 2016 to me a bit. Definitely better than running through the six with my woes. Is that the track you were saying? That song fucking rules. Yeah, woo. Big fan of Drake. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about Drake on this podcast. Oh, we better not be. Who knows? Oh, I think I know. Cancel the pod. I'm not listening to a Drake album. Can't make me. Well, I will cancel the pod unless you tell me something about solo reprise. I... Why did I write fast? Because Andre 3000 raps fast. Oh, it's Andre 3000. So it's not You didn't know who it was? I thought it was B.O.B. Why would you think it was B.O.B.? What? (laughs) At first I was like, is this B.O.B.? And I knew that it wasn't. But I just Why would you (laughs) ever think that was B.O.B.? How do you not know that's Andre 3000? It literally is it like it sounds like andre 3000 immediately there there are so many rappers out there you know and sometimes they sound similar to one another okay i'm sorry to andre 3000 fan of the pod i did not mean to confuse you with bob it won't happen again andre 3000 actually disses drake in this verse really okay we're fans of andre 3000 Okay, yeah, so he says, after 20 years in, I'm so naive, I was under the impression that everyone wrote their own verses. It's coming back different, and yeah, that shit hurts me. Um, he's talking about, this was this was back when the whole Drake thing with the ghost writers was like the huge story, right? When it was leaked that Drake used ghost writers, and everyone freaked out. Andre 3000 is here like, hey. I thought we write, wrote our own music, and I guess not. And so he's he's just frustrated with the young ones. I think that a lot of people have ghostwriters on their on their oh, verses. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure everybody else who used ghostwriters on their verses, they were just glad that it wasn't them. Well, I I think you know that's that's one of the things that really shows its 2016 ness. That we're talking about writing our own verses. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like these days you look at a Travis Scott album, there's 50 writers for every single track. It's like... Yeah, but that's that's what it was like then too, no? People, people were expecting rappers specifically to write all of their own verses, right? And nothing else. Yeah, and nothing else? Like no, 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 no writing help, mm. or if you do, then you have to credit them. Yeah, but now it's credited. It is credited. Well, the Drake one wasn't. All right, all right, all right. Anyways, but anyways, Andre three thousand leads us into what I think is actually the strangest song on this album. Pretty sweet. It's an unsettling song. It feels weird it feels frantic it feels uh, barbaric um it's it's a very strange song and it's always felt out of place on this album to me oh really i said that it sounds like chaos to me which i think is i think that's fitting i mean it might be sonically out of place a bit but it is thematically in place i think i said i'd like to know the meaning 
of the song. I like the collage of it. It reminds me of just feeling a lot. And it's it sounds beautiful, but it is painful. It's it's I mean, I don't think the lyrics on this one make any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're supposed to make sense. And I think that contributes to the chaos of this track. You know, the fact that these lyrics are just all over the place and mixed with the strings and the synthesizers and these kids singing and it's it's a scary track it's like a it's like a horror movie yeah i mean you're gonna have that in your breakup album and your breakup feelings is just just a mess mess of stuff there's that moment when it feels like your brain is uh, an abstract uh, performance art piece. Yeah. And then that like beat comes in and it's like you're running and screaming. <laughs> if you want if you want me to think more favorably about your track, put in like a little chorus of kids. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I I always hate chorus a chorus of kids on any any song. Not on any song. You like it in that uh, Caroline Polachek song. Yeah, but I think it's weird. You like weird. Like it, but it's, yeah, I do like weird. I like music that makes me uncomfortable. What makes me uncomfortable is when your girl wants to break up with you because you won't add her on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Talk about a memeable interlude. Definitely. Because this one is one that I think could be taken off the album. No, be it's, fine. it's it's a timeless classic. I love it. I love it. Except me on Facebook. I love it. Yeah, who is this, like, French guy? You know, it's funny. <laughs> People thought it was Young Lean at first. Um, it's not Young Lean. Jonathan Leandua. But I think it's just some guy. It's, like, just some guy that's... Well, I mean, why didn't he just accept her on Facebook? Like... That What's is what problem? I that is what I was saying. What did I what is okay, so in my notes I said, who is this? Just accept her on Facebook. Like I get it. Cause like I do get it. Why is she tripping about him accepting her on Facebook? But also at the same time, like why why isn't he accepting her on Facebook? It goes both ways, but ultimately, you know, very twenty sixteen. I think even in twenty sixteen Facebook was like pretty dead. So I think it's just kind of funny. But I do like it. It's like a fossil, a little fossil track. Time capsule. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like a little time capsule. It it shows more of um, Frank's indecision because we're like, what are we supposed to feel? Are we supposed to side with this guy that's telling us this story or the girl that's um, mad about it? But, you know, they are both being um unreasonable i guess like a bit yeah. why is she mad about it but also why isn't he just accepting her like it's like it, hey it's just facebook get over it but also it's like hey it's just facebook just add her as a friend right which i think just shows that these two people are meant to be together maybe yeah i mean i mean it is over he said uh, yeah because that's I will it means not like it's jealousy pure <laughs> yeah jealousy for nothing. I'm in front of you um, every day here in your house. <laughs> That's a great impression. I've I've been listening to this interlude for for a long time, but then we get into a an almost uh, a musical interlude with "Close to You." 
you know, it's, it's like it's like a little break, but it's one of my favorites off of this album because I just think it's such a good listen. I said that I don't have much to say about it, and it's a type of track I don't really think twice about. So tell me about your tell me what what this track means to you. The lines that he open opens it up with destroys me. He says, I'll be honest, I wasn't devastated, but you could have held my hand through this, baby. Yeah, that sounds like such a you type of line. What, you don't think that's a good one? It, I I think that's it's good. I just, it reminds me so much of you, and I can hear so much of you saying that to me. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's why it's weird to... Um... I feel very weird taking you through this album because I feel like I'm showing you my diary, you know. Right. And uh, um, it's 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 very weird. I'm just trying to get all of your thoughts out of you. I'd like to keep my thoughts in me. Thank you very much. Well, this is an interpolation of a Stevie Wonder track, um, a oh. live performance by Stevie Wonder using. Um, what are, what are those things called? Like a talk box or whatever? You know, where you put the tube in your mouth and then you play the piano? Uh-huh. I don't know what those are called. It was Stevie Wonder performing on one of those things. And this um, this track, uh, it samples all the music from that Stevie Wonder performance to create a, an instrumental for Frank to sing over. It just sounds cool. It just sounds really, really cool to me. It does. I definitely like how it sounds i like how the track sounds and i do like that introductory statement those the intro lyrics i do like that and i do appreciate it it's just it's hard because there's so many like little bits and pieces in this album that you know a song will pass by and i'll be like wait what was that song like what even was that no that's that's fair and and i've been listening to this album for seven years done all the reading i've listened to the podcasts i've watched the video essays you know i've i've been experiencing this album for a long long time so the little tiny things that i notice and want to point out might just be little tiny things you know well that's that's what you're here for and that's what i want to i want to get out of it all there is to because i've i've missed out for so long let's talk about what I think is the most heartbreaking song on this album, White Ferrari. Ah, uh, a classic. Yeah. What, what, what did you think about White Ferrari? Uh, White Ferrari, for sure. I have to, I have to listen have to it. You don't have anything to say? I need to listen to it. I'm listening to it. Um, I wrote such a good breakup song, very powerful. Okay, I wrote... Okay, so the, the lyric... The standout lyric was, I care for you still, and I will forever. That was my part of the deal. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that one gets me. I don't, that, that I don't, line you know what? I really don't want to talk me. about this song. <laughs> you don't want to talk about this song? I mean, no, we can talk about it. It's just like, uh, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's a very intense, very heartbreaking song, and Talk about reading my diary, man. This song is just, yeah, is just that. The way that he's like, the way that it's like spending each day of the year, whatever the melody is, like that little melody yeah. part. 
It's just... Which is an interpolation of uh, Here, There, and Everywhere by the Beatles. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. So fun. I love talking about this. <laughs> it's It hurts. It's like bringing up stuff that I don't want to feel right now. So that's why I'm having a hard time with this track. I hear you. Yeah, I... I yeah. I said, Absolutely. I also said the, the lyric delivery at the end is so lovely, like Bon Iver, and it's beautiful, like, it's beautiful, like a coddle. It's a, wait, what? It's beautiful like a coddle. It's beautiful like a coddle? Yeah, you know, like you're being coddled. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the Bon Iver style delivery. But it's, I, it is. I think yeah. people thought it was Bon Iver at first. Mm. I remember that because I remember thinking it was Bon Iver too. Yeah, I do think, I think I'm just saying that like it, it coddles, like it suffocates you, like it's coddling you. It's, it, it, it just kills me. I think it's just that, 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 that delivery is so rooted in heartbreak for me. Just like the, the, the way that it's delivered the staccato-ness of it it's like stunted you know stifled a bit there's like so much feeling there's so much emotion in it yeah well let's um let's get into some more emotion siegfried do you like siegfried well i did not know and as when i heard it for the first time i was like oh i didn't know that frank sampled elliot smith oh yeah yeah Fond farewell mm -hmm. for a friend. Fond farewell to a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I really like. But that. heartbreaking. It it's funny. Well, not funny. I think it's so fitting for him to to sample Elliot Smith. You know, the king of sadness and and heartbreak on a breakup album. Like, I think it's just so like serendipitous well it's interesting because that elliot smith song isn't it about a friend that's dying of a sickness or died of a sickness you know that is something that i should know but i'm not the type of elliot smith fan to know exactly what each song is about i just like feel it <laughs> I, re I remember reading somewhere that that song isn't specifically about heartbreak so it's interesting that frankie used it Oh, I think it is. I think almost feelings of heartbreak. Well, I think almost everything that Elliot Smith did was just like tinged in heartbreak. Like life is heartbreak, and I think that's the point. You know what I mean? We in this song we get uh, the first and maybe only clue that led people to theorize who the um, person that Frank is singing about is. The very first line he says, "The markings on your surface, your speckled face." talking about freckles um which refers to a um male model that uh frank was had been seen hanging out with was seen hanging out with before this time around this time and you oh. know he had freckles all over his face so people people theorize that it was um this person he talks about swimming pools again he says he's not brave he talks about a lot of things in this track he talks about settling down he says, um, 
Maybe I'm a fool to settle for a place with some nice views. Maybe I should move, settle down, two kids in a swimming pool. You know, he's basically just like, he, he, he wants what, I mean, what I think everyone wants, to be happy and comfortable. He's, he's talking about how bad he wants this. He said, you know, he basically said, uh, uh, if he can't have this, he'd, he'd rather go to jail. Um, and he's tried hell before. You know, he's, he's in pain and he's tired of it. He wants to settle down and be happy. I read him saying that he's not brave. Like, I'm like interpreting it in a way that I feel it, which is like, like being afraid of love or like getting hurt. It's like, I'm not, I'm not brave enough to handle that. Like, I want to just settle down. Like, you want the love that feels comfortable rather than the love that feels painful. In the outro of the track, he says, I'd do anything for you in the dark. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it, that's basically him going, this is our secret love kind of thing. Like, people won't accept us for, you know, who we are and who we want to be to each other. Frank Ocean is a public figure. He's being a little selfish in this moment, I feel like. Or there's another interpretation where the other person is telling Frank. That's how that, I read it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the other person is telling Frank, you know, that this kind of has to stay on the on the down low. And so, but Frank is still like, I'd do anything for you. And just to add on there, in the dark, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking. It is, especially with the way it just kind of repeats and fades in the outro. Yeah. It is. Yeah, the outro It just is, leaves it, you with that, you know, it sentiment hits. going, yeah. It, it, it leads into um, Godspeed. You know, I feel like the, the last four tracks of this album, right, we get White Ferrari, Siegfried, Godspeed, and then Future of Free. That's like an insane four song lineup, like just gut punch after gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. It's an insane lineup. It's got to leave you crying on the kitchen floor. Yeah, exactly. I will always love you. <laughs> yeah, the penultimate track, one of the most gorgeous songs I've ever heard. I think the most gorgeous song on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just think it's, it just sounds just so sweet, heavenly, lovely. I love the organ. I'm a big fan of organs. Yeah, you know, and and this one feels almost like, um, it 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 feels pure, I guess, in a way, like um, like he's declaring his love, right? You know, despite him saying things like, um, I let go of my claim on you. Mm-hmm. He's almost saying it as like a like he achieved something. Like he's declaring mm-hmm. it. Like I let go of my claim on you, but I still love you and I will always love you and that's freeing. You know, it feels like Frank Ocean is freeing himself and he's accepting the love, accepting the feelings that he has. Um I see. And you know, letting go but being happy with the feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel that. I feel all of that for sure. You know, <laughs> I wrote, ouch song, but take me to church. It's just, how can you not feel it with the, his singing, the way that he sings, um, and then the organ and everything that just, 
sonically the delivery of the track is so i feel like i am in in church and it, it it's just a track that feels bigger than you know most things it feels bigger than this is you know it's not just an album here it is like here here is my soul in a way yeah exactly and then uh, my later <laughs> comment was something i do not want to listen to um it was it was hard for me to to listen to this one yeah, James Blake has a um has a great cover of uh, oh. that song, and it, yeah, it's beautiful on that one too. But it uh, kind of sets up perfectly closing track, uh, Future of Free, a nine minute beast. Yeah, my comment was, "This is so much." What? Um, and I can't even really remember. I'm gonna be playing this as we talk, I think, because I don't remember it much. And oh, I okay. To me, this album is a little bit of a beast of an album. It feels like such an ordeal to listen to, such a like endeavor. And then to end it with a 9-minute and 24-second track. Frank, you're killing me. Well, and, you know, the last part of the track is just hard to hear interview clips. Really? Why don't I remember that? I know I listened to this all the way through. Yeah, how do you not remember? <laughs> Did you listen to it like... I might have only listened to it. I might have. <laughs> You're not fucking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, this feels it, it, this outro really feels like an outro. It's uh, yeah, um, kind I of really, stream of consciousness. Uh, I do love you know him talking about I'm not making minimum wage. You know, I'm making this much money. You know, to play these songs, they're paying me, and I should be p- paying them. And like. I love that part when he says I should be paying them. Yeah, I totally feel that. It's like I would pay so much money to just like be able to do it what he does, you know. I Sometimes don't know. I yeah. feel like I'm a god, but I'm not a god. I'm just a guy, I'm not a god. Yeah. He's always he's always talking about his balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean who I mean, yeah, talking about your balls is cool. No, it is not. Yeah, I'm gonna no. let my nuts hang. I love that part. Um <laughs> What does that even yeah, mean? I mean? Like, what else are you supposed to do? Not do that? There's this, a few moments in this last verse. Oh, this is a good part when he says, I don't cuff bitches no more, but you're a bitch my exception. That's fun. I like that. That one. He he, he name drops Tyler the creator here. Says, Tyler slept on my sofa. Aw. Oh, is, is, did they? I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, And then when the beat drops... You know, when we start getting the kicks and the snares and and he um he goes, uh, this the last song. So I'm going to wipe that off the whole outro, the whole last part of that before the interview, I think is so cool. What part is that? Oh, I it's see. the last it's the last verse. What is he wiping off? What do you mean? What is he wiping off? What is he says? It's the last song. So I'm going to wipe that off. What is he wiping off? Um, his, I don't know. Oh. Wait, so you, so you really like that line and you don't know what, what he's yeah, talking just about? That's where the beat changes, right? That's where the, the beat comes in. Yeah. Menage on my birthday, tap out on the first stroke. <laughs> Says, Jay hit me on the email, said I ought to act my net worth. Man. I love that. That's great. And then at one point he says, um, you can change this track now could have changed this bitch a long time ago you know he's basically telling the listener like hey 
you've reached the end of the album, you're going to listen to like the credits right now, basically. And then it fades out and we get quite a bit of silence. Then we get this loud and somewhat obnoxious uh, interview portion. You know, we hear from the likes of, uh, uh, you know, his late brother, Ryan, members of past and present members of Odd Future. Well, I guess there's no present members of Odd Future, but members of Odd Future. And it's just them talking about different themes on the album. Questions are repeated. It's hard to understand things. Uh, answers aren't clear. It's it's the meaning behind this outro here has been talked about a lot. It's a definitely abstract, especially in the way that it's just hard to understand what's going on. But um, one of the questions that's asked here is how far is a light year? So this song is 9.4 minutes long, 9 minutes and 24 seconds. A light year is 9.4 times 10 to the 12th power. That's the distance that light travels in a year. That's pretty cool. So what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? Well, I mean, like I said, there's a lot that we could get into. I mean, space exploration comes up a lot in this, but... Why aren't you giving me the real details? So give me give me, give me, me your final thoughts on, on this album, um, on Future Free and on the album as a whole. I really like that it kind of finishes with that um, interlude song. I am not a big fan of the the ending track, but the album as a whole, I really respect. I really appreciate it. I see it as the start of a, you know, different sort of maybe not era of music, but era of music. It kind of changed the game. Right. And I really appreciate that, of course. But you don't think you would uh, it's just, come back to this album it's in just your free not, time? No, I don't think I, I would. It's just not the style of music that I would listen to, but I do appreciate it and I do like it. There's a lot of, you know, tracks and elements that I like. I think it's more so that I like the elements. I like the details and the story. Do you judge my assessment of this album being one of the greatest albums of all time? How do you feel about that assessment? I don't think it reaches that for me. I think that's a perfectly um, reasonable assessment of it or opinion to have. I don't think anyone's going to fight you about it for sure. It's just for me, it doesn't get there because it doesn't, it doesn't push me into a place of intense passion. I relate to it and I get a lot of feeling from it and I, it makes me feel things and that's what great art does. I think that that says a lot that this like kind of classic album that everybody loves while it's not something that I would listen to. I feel it. I respond to it for sure. And that's how I know that it's great. And that's how I know that I, you know, appreciate it and everything. You know, I don't need to listen to it in my spare time to be a fan. You know, I'm a fan of the record for sure. I do like it and I'm glad that I have finally listened to it. Well. Thank you for forcing me to listen to Frank Ocean's Blonde. You're welcome. And so now that, I, now that I've gone... I've listened to Frank Ocean's Blonde. It's your turn. I get to torture you with my music. I'm excited. Um, I feel a little bit bad. Why? Because of the album that I'm giving you. Why would you feel bad? Okay, the album. Oh, man. I'm worried that you've listened to it. Like, really well, listened uh, to it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay, the album that I have for you 
is, where's my drum roll? <laughs> I don't hear anything. Oh. You should listen to Depression Cherry by Beach House. Okay. I'm in. I was I was just listening to Space Song earlier. But that's the song that everyone knows. That's the song that and everybody that's about knows. all I know. That's about all that I know from the album and what you've shown me. Um so yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um I'll be here for you if you need a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> huge thank you to jacob dotson for the music in this episode and another huge thank you to anyone out there that might be listening see you next week